I want my picks back. And I want David Putney. I need a punt returner. Where the that come from? It doesn't matter. I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. Yeah, I am. Haven't I proved that already? Come on, Tom. Say it with me, you pancake-eating motherfucker. <laughs> all right, shit. Deal. Great. You're welcome. Okay. You the God damn it, I love this job. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show season two, episode 20. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, but tonight, it's a very special episode. It is an NFL draft special, just going to be one-on-one between myself and the listeners. We're, a few, we're down a few troops uh, this week, but they'll be back on board um, to talk all things uh, NFL. Uh, before we get too carried away, let's jump into our warm-up. And the one. And a two, and a one, two, three. Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. Yeah, as we spoke about last week, this segment was born from just a lot of fun banter that we have typically before we jump on air, and we thought, you know what, let's start sharing this. Uh, let's put it to air and have a little bit of fun. Uh, this week, it is, well, you know, what's our favorite part of the NFL draft? Look, for me, it's uh, it's taking a day off work, a uh, case of beer. Um, it's, it's a little bit close to my birthday as well. I kind of uh, teased that out there as well. Um, any gifts, feel free to, um, you know, I'm sure we've got a PO box attached to Mojo Sports, but uh, no, look, NFL draft, it's a great time of of year um, obviously goes for a couple of days and you know with the time difference here in Australia it sets up pretty well for a pretty good day and um, you know whether you, your team's been successful the year before or struggling it's always interesting to you know sit back anxiously and, and sort of you know wait to see who your team selects and you know this year it, it's you know it, it's going to be it's going to be a different draft, you know. Um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, narratives that we can talk about, but um, yeah, that's kind of my connection to the NFL draft. Um, great day. I do get another year older though, so uh, yeah, I don't know how great that is, but uh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight: the playbook. Some people are just great at all aspects of the game. When they step foot on the field, it's their show. Double right, scat right, double cowboy. Went 94 feet, did a roll step, made a right-hand layup timeout. Most important thing is film study. We work a lot on short passing with our forwards. You talk about somebody to know the playbook, know where everybody's supposed to be, know the other team, coaches, style of coaching, how his ball club's going to play. Yeah, very special playbook episode this week. Um, you know, really excited about this one. And we get to, well, we get to put our scouting hat on because it is draft season. And, uh, you know, tonight we're going to be going through my mock draft of 2022. Um, you know, made plenty of changes, um, you know, to, to my mock, you know, over the past uh, few months, um, you know, as you sort of learn more and more about some of these prospects. But, yeah, really excited to sort of, you know, make our way through this. If you're listening to this, we're moments before the draft, so it's going to be interesting to see how close my mock uh, was to the actual draft. So let's run through it. Uh, so without further ado, let's uh, roll in. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Um, you know, really interesting to see 
who they select with their first overall pick. I would say that, you know, probably, you know, this draft is a little bit light on when it comes to the quarterback position. So that's something that the Jags will be particularly disappointed in, not because they need a quarterback. Obviously, they're set with star um, sophomore quarterback in, in, in Trevor Lawrence, but, you know, they would have loved to have traded down and uh, accumulated some more picks. They've certainly got a lot of team building to do. But for me, I don't see the Jags trading out of this. Um, this mock draft won't have any trades in it, but I really don't. I really feel like Jacksonville will stay put in that number one spot. Uh, so where are we going here? Look, I, I, look I've look. i got to go with Iki Aquanu uh, from North Carolina State, the tackle. Um, you know, for me, he's just shown so much through the draft process. He's six foot four, 310 pounds, and just, um, you know, shows all of the explosion, athleticism, and the ability that you're really looking for from a top prospect. Um, you know, there's so much to look forward to when it comes to his play. You know, recently the Jags did re-sign their left tackle, but I feel like if you stick... Um, a corner, um, you know, in front of Trevor Lawrence, I just feel like that could potentially protect him for the next decade. And, you know, outside of quarterback, I really feel like, you know, that's a position that you really need to sew up. Um, you know, really interesting, interesting, um, you know, background. Uh, he was a former three-star recruit from Yale and Harvard. Yeah, just a very, very interesting prospect who has, you know, really, um, you know, flew up the board, um, you know, during the process. But yeah, I think would would bring a lot of um, impact and, you know, just have the athleticism and the ability to deal with different defenses. All right, well, let's move through now to pick number two as we see Detroit uh, on the board. Um, you know, really inter- interesting situation here for Detroit because, um, you know, obviously they traded away Matt Stafford. They got a bunch of picks and, you know, obviously with, with Jared Goff, there's going to be a lot of questions as to, you know, whether he's the guy, whether they stick with him. Um, look, for me, I don't feel like they're going to be looking at the quarterback position in pick number two. In fact, it's very obvious where they're going to go here. Um, they're going to go with... Uh, Michigan Wolverine, Aiden Hutchinson, um, yeah, as an edge rusher. You know, Aiden, you know, it, it's very much him, him and um, uh, Aquanu are very much one and two in this year's draft, in my opinion. Um, I've got them graded out very, very similar. Um, I just feel like Aquanu's probably got a slightly higher ceiling, uh, but Hutchinson is a little bit safer of a player. Um, you know, six foot six, 260 pounds, um, just continues to produce, continues to get better. Um, yeah, an incredible uh, prospect. And again, you talk about a player who could succeed um you know for a long time there in Detroit and that certainly is um that certainly is Hutchison um yeah local guy gets to go back and play in Detroit I think that fits well all right moving through to pick number three uh the Houston Texans and you know when you think about drafting you're always trying to consider you know where are their needs where do they need to improve the reality of the situation here is the Houston Texans cannot go wrong with pick number three, regardless of who they pick, regardless of position. It's certainly of need. The Texans are in a pretty bad way when it comes to their franchise. Look, for me, thinking about that, I've, I've played it safe here, and I've gone with Evan Neal from Alabama at the tackle. Um, again, this guy, he is a, an absolute unit, six foot seven, three, uh, 337 pounds. Um, you know, you put him in front of, um, you know, your young rookie quarterback there, and uh, you know, it's you know he's a ten-year player. I still feel like um, I still feel like there's you know there's a lot of improvement at the quarterback position moving forward. But um, in Neil, you've got a you've got an incredible player. Probably not as um, quite as athletic as a Quanu, but yeah, this guy is a 
he, he's a, an incredible player and um, also will open up um, you know, lanes for their running game, which I think will also take more pressure off Davis Mills. Um, you know, Davis Mills would still scout out um, as the, the top uh, quarterback prospect this year. So, you know, they believe in him. You know, well, let, let's protect him and give him the best opportunity to succeed in his second year there in Houston. All right, well, let's move through now to uh, pick number four, and it is the New York Jets. We're about to go New York heavy over the next few picks. Um, uh, And this one here I I felt like was pretty obvious for the New York Jets, and that's Ahmed Sauce Gardner there in the uh, cornerback position. Look, Sauce, he is clearly the best um, cornerback um, in in this draft, and I really feel like he's got the ability to make your secondary uh, dynamic. And, you know, when you think about what's happening on the other side of the ball, the amount of shots that quarterbacks are taking downfield, you know, it's just so important that you have a leader there. And Gardner, again, 6'2", 190 uh, pounds, you know, comes out of Cincinnati you know he's a little bit light but just continues to show so much athleticism and skill um, and you just think about where he can progress to over the next few years it's um yeah it, it's very very impressive you know he does like to gamble there's a lot of risk in his play but um yeah really feel like um, he's got a good opportunity to succeed there in New York Okay, moving through now, we'll stay in New York, but the other franchise, the New York Giants, are on the clock. Um, Again, a team that, you know, lacks uh, talent, you know, lacks um, skill um, across the board. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see what the Giants do with their picks. But for me, I had to go with Charles Cross again with the tackle. Uh, with Aquano and Neil off the board, I really feel like you know the Giants really need to desperately um, address their offensive line. This is something they've tried to address over the last few years. Um, Andrew Thomas it seems like he's, he's starting to figure things out in his second year, uh, but they really need a solid player here. And Charles Cross from Mississippi State, again, he um, you know for. You know, when you think about, you know, the different um, scouting reports that are out there at the moment, there are a few people that have Charles Cross as the number one tackle in this year's draft. So, again, can't go wrong with any of those three. But, you know, Charles Cross coming in and offering some protection, it really is Daniel Jones's last opportunity to show that he's a franchise guy there for the Giants. Um, so, yeah, I really feel like that's a, that's a solid pick there. All right, moving through now to pick number six, and this is an interesting one when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. I feel like, you know, they're in desperate need of a quarterback, but I feel like this is too high for the quarterback position. Um, and I think they'll be a little bit disappointed in the fact that they're out of the, the tackle market. Um, Aquanu, Neil, and Cross, I feel like there is a little bit of a dip between um, those top three prospects and the next. Um, so again, you know, um, you know, drafting at this particular position, you've then got to go for the best um, you know, the best position, uh, the best player on the board, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau on the defensive side. Um, you know, Thibodeau is a really interesting uh, player, and when it's all said and done over the next few years, you know, there could be people, you know, obviously, you know, looking at his production and saying, why wasn't this guy picked first? Um, you know, he's been sort of, you know, t- um, I, I guess you know, positioned as the potential number one pick for a couple of years now. He's an unbelievable defensive player out of Oregon. But, um, you know, he has sort of, you know, the the, the tape is just a little bit patchy on Thibodeau. Um, It is a little bit difficult to stay motivated, you know, during college when you know you're headed to the league. But, yeah, just in that last season, there were moments when he was dropping in and out of games and, yeah, just lacked a little bit of consistency there. But his flashes, he's definitely got a high ceiling. Um, The Carolina Panthers have absolutely loaded up on the defensive side of the ball. Their offensive side of the ball is absolutely anemic, uh, but just really don't feel like there's an offensive player that warrants um, such a high pick. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, though, he could potentially change his franchise. 
All right, let's move through now to pick number seven, and we have the New York Jets back on. Uh, well, they're back on the clock, and uh, look for me. Uh, we've addressed the tackle offensive line position. I think we've then got to even things out for the New York Jets. Again, they've got a lot of areas in which they need to improve. Um, so I'm going defense here, and I'm going Trayvon Walker. Um, keep an eye on, on Trayvon when it comes to draft day. Uh, what I'm hearing is he is flying up the draft board. You know, a player who, you know, six foot five, two hundred and seventy-two kilos, um, coming out of Georgia. You know, there is a lot to like about this player. You know, he has great length, he's of tall frame, he's got those long arms, he has a very he has a very good first step. Um, I, I would sort of I would describe his hands as violent. He's just very, very explosive. Um, the more tape you watch of this guy, the more excited you get. So for me, I think the New York Jets, they've got a serious problem on defense now. Um, you know, Trayvon Walker, I think, is going to cause, cause some issues for a lot of offenses. Okay, pick number eight, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, again, a bit of an awkward position to find yourself, um, you know, in the draft. Uh, you know, again, they've been questioned uh, in terms of, um, you know, what they're doing uh, you know, at the at the quarterback position, they've got Marcus Mariota uh, there, who obviously you know he's a bridge quarterback, but they'll need to look at someone in the future. Um, look for me again. I just feel like this is too high um, to be picking this year's quarterback talent. I'd be certainly you know looking to you know keep Marcus Mariota. I don't feel like there's a quarterback in this year's draft that could that could compete with him and take over his job next year. I'd be much more comfortable getting a high quality player here in this position and then looking at someone in next year's draft. So who is that player? Look, for me, it's the second best cornerback in this year's class, and that's Derek Stingley Jr. He could well be the first, um, you know, the best cornerback in this year's draft. Uh, but again, just has a little bit of um, concerning history. You know, a few years ago, freshman year, he was, you know, arguably the best cornerback we've seen in many, many years. But the last couple of seasons, he's battled with injuries, um, and it just is a little bit of a concern. Um, he absolutely blew everyone away at his pro day, um, which was to be expected. Um, but for me, yeah, it's just got to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, I think he can, um, you know, certainly be a leader um, on the Atlanta defense. Okay, moving through now to pick number nine. And, uh, you know, my mates Laura and Beck, they'll be anxiously waiting to see who I've mocked uh, to the Seattle Seahawks. And for me, it is my number one ranked player in this year's draft. That's right, you heard that correct. My number one ranked player in this year's draft, I feel like will be, you know, will we'll struggle to sort of, you know, stay into the top 10. I feel like that's where he's going to go. And that's only because there's a little bit of bias against his position. And of course, I speak of Kyle Hamilton uh, from Notre Dame, um, you know, safety, six foot four, 220 pounds. This guy is an absolute superstar. This guy is an elite safety there's just franchises in the league that just hesitate and have a lot of difficulties drafting them, you know, in that sort of top five. But he's, he's top five talent, an unbelievable player. And, um, you know, Seattle, they have been, um, you know, their, their, their past few drafts have been absolutely horrific. For me, they need to, you know, not take too many chances here. Um, and, yeah, if, if they're getting, you know, my number one player at, at pick number nine, I feel like that's great value there uh, for Seattle secondary. All right, and to round out the top 10, uh, again, New York Jets find themselves, um, you know, in this position. Uh, again, you know, I've seen a lot of the New York Jets over the years as a New England Patriots fan. You know, one thing I would say about the Jets is we've never feared uh, their receiving core. Um, it's not not something that we've ever really, um, you know, worried about. They've had some challenges in that posi- position. Um, the key here for the Jets is to figure out whether Zach Wilson can play 
Therefore, you've got to do everything in your power to test this kid out to see what he's got. The best way of doing it, give him the best wide receiver in this year's draft. And based on my gradings, I have Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Um, he's only 5'11", uh, but again, you just talk about having all the skills. Um, he's, he can run all the, all the routes, has the athleticism, has the production there um, in the SEC, and I just feel like, yeah, he's a home run hit there for the New York Jets. Um, again, is this the first time that we're going to see the Jets start to, you know, make a little bit of noise in the AFC um, East? and? You know, Zach Wilson, you know, it's a little bit early, but this year and the following, you know, it's really his opportunity to try and save his job and set himself up as a franchise quarterback. Uh, So there we go. There is my top 10 of my mock draft. We'll now speed our way through the remainder of the draft. Um, but yeah, some very interesting, um, very interesting players to come off the board there. Again, New York loading up with a bunch of picks there. All right, I hope you're enjoying uh, this week's special of the NFL uh, draft. Uh, you know, we're, we're only moments away, I'm sure, as you're listening to this. Hopefully, you've got a beer in hand as you continue to, to look at our options here. All right, well, let's let's uh, speed things up a little bit as we power through the rest of my mock. Uh, at pick number 11, the Washington Commanders. It's going to take me a little bit of time to think about that. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, the uh, center out of Iowa, Again, when you think about how I've got him graded, he'd be in my top three players in this year's draft. An unbelievable talent, uh, a 10 to 15-year player at the center position. It's just that, again, similar to Kyle Hamilton at the safety position, you have a little bit of bias against his particular position. There are very few franchises that like to draft high um, at the center position, but I think for the commanders... Look, with Carson Wentz coming in, I really feel like they've got to give him the best opportunity to proceed, putting Tyler in front of him, building that communication, um, you know, potential leadership into the future. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty strong pick there. All right, moving through to pick number 12 is the Minnesota Vikings. And again, it's you know, a little bit tricky to um, to pick up on what the Vikings are going to be doing. Uh, but for me, I'd be I'd be looking at the, the highly talented Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. Um, you know, he's obviously in the in the in my top three cornerbacks. Um, you know, Minnesota, they've got quite a few um, you know, areas in which they need to improve. But when you think about you know, the division they're in, some of the quarterbacks they're going to be facing, um, having a player as talented in, in the secondary as Trent, I think is only going to be a positive for the Vikings. Okay, uh, pick number 13, uh, the Houston Texans, they're back on the board. Um, you know, recapping at pick number three, we get, we've given them Evan Neal, uh, the big tackle out of Alabama. Um, you know, obviously we've got a foundational piece there on the def- on the offensive side of the football. For me, we've then got to do the same on the defensive side. That's why I've picked Devin Lloyd, uh, linebacker out of Utah. Um, again, I see him as a future captain of, of this defense. And look, Houston can't go wrong with their picks. They're um, devoid of talent across the board, but I really feel like Devin Lloyd could bring a little bit of an edge to the linebacking core to that defensive position for Houston. Uh, pick number 14, George uh, Kaloftis, um, you know, edge rusher out of Purdue. You know, um, George is a pretty interesting player. You know, when I think about Baltimore, you've got to think about edgy players. Um, and, uh, yeah, George certainly fits the bill. Six foot three, 266 pounds. Um, you know, a player who, you know, obviously coming out of Purdue, he's got quite a, quite a lot of production. But you also are, you know, picking him with the anticipation that he can, you know, improve um, as a pass rusher and improve his sacks. And, yeah, I just feel like in the Ravens system, he could be, he could be you know, a little bit of a problem. And, you know, their defense is aging, and I feel like he could give them a little bit of an edge. 
Uh, pick number 15, I think this was, you know, one of my easier picks, and that's N'Kobe Dean, uh, linebacker out of Georgia, um, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, they find themselves sort of trading back, um, you know, trading some of, some of their picks away to really put themselves in a really good position in next year's draft. Um, you know, they're, they're doubling down on, on Jalen um, Hurts at the quarterback position. Um, so for me, yeah, I'd be taking the opportunity to invest in the defense. N'Kobe Dean, an incredible um, player out of Georgia, um, would be a great pick there. Uh, the Saints, well, look, you know, the Saints are the Saints are either going to, you know, win their uh, win their division or, you know, they're going to be fighting it out for the number one pick. It's going to be rocks or diamonds, and that's, you know, the position they find themselves in with Jameis Winston looking to be their quarterback um, heading into this season. You know, can he stay fit? That's going to be the big question. Can he, you know, reduce those picks? What's life going to be like, you know, without Sean, um, Sean Payton? Um, you know, I've lost all faith in, in Michael Thomas. You know, if he turns up, great. He'll be their lead wide receiver. Um, but after sort of the drama that, that we've seen out of him in the last couple of years, I really feel like you've got to give Jameis Winston the best opportunity to be successful here. That's why I'm picking one of the, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in the draft uh, alongside Jarrett Wilson in Jamison Wilson, uh, Williams, sorry, out of Alabama. Um, look, Williams would have been the number one wide receiver and there probably would have been a little bit of distance between him and others um, had he have not done his ACL um, late in his campaign with Alabama. But, you know, look, tracking along with his recovery, I don't feel like the Saints are going to win uh, the Super Bowl. They're probably not in a position, but an opportunity to get a top five talent at this position. I just think it's too good of an opportunity for them to pass up. Uh, and then again, you know, sort of later on in the season gives them an opportunity to, again, um, you know, test out the quarterback to see what they're going to do there. Uh, pick number 17. I know that Alex is going to be wildly disappointed in this pick. Um, I know she was hoping that this player would slide into the second round, but I just don't think that's possible. Chris Olave will go to the LA Chargers at pick number 17. Um, again, uh, way too talented, way too much production, um, you know, and, and the speed, um, you know, the way in which uh, he, he goes about his business, very, very impressive. Um, this is going to be a, a very heavy wide receiver draft. Chris Olave um, to the LA Chargers as they try and keep pace in, you know, one of the craziest um, divisions we've seen in a very long time. Uh, pick number 18, uh, we see uh, Drake London. You know, really, really interesting, um, really interesting pick here for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, wide receiver Drake London. So, you know, for the Eagles, uh, again, you know, they've got to do everything they can to support, um, you know, their quarterback and trying to do everything they can, um, you know, with Devontae Smith, uh, you know, looking like a wide receiver one, still a little bit light, but I feel like, you know, in an off-season program, he could really build into something special. You know, Drake London, you know, that just gives you two wide receivers. You're, you're set up for a very long period of time. Look, Drake, you know, he's a very, very different um you know, he's a very different uh, receiver to Devontae. Um, you know, Drake's going to give you, um, you know, he's a very, he's a vertical threat. Um, you know, a lot of short play. I think he's going to suit Jalen Hurts very, very well. Um, it just gives them, it just opens up the playbook for the Eagles. And um, yeah, if they come out of this draft with, with, a, with, a, with a wide receiver as talented as Drake London to go alongside Devontae Smith, that puts um, smiles on a lot of fans' faces in Philadelphia. Okay, pick number nineteen. We see the Saints. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 very very difficult given the the lack of quarterback talent in this year's draft. But I'm going with uh, Bernard Rahman, um, the offensive tackle out of Central Michigan. 
Look, I don't love this pick uh, in terms of, you know, I feel like this pick is probably right at 19. Um, you know, you really are investing someone based on potential. Um, you know, Bernard, he's, he's, he's got a very interesting background, um, hasn't played a lot of football, um, you know, which is a good and bad thing. You know, he's a, you know, he, he's actually, he was born and raised in Vienna, Austria, um, and he returned um, to Austria for his senior year of high school, meaning he didn't play in 2017. And then when he did return, he's played two years at tight end before making the switch um, to the offensive line. So, you know, he's still very much finding his way. But in saying all of that, you watch the tape and it's it's incredible. You know, the fact that he is so inexperienced and what he's been able to do. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you're taking a little bit of a risk there. But I think the Saints, they've got to do some creative things to try and get this franchise back on track. Um, and, yeah, that, that's where I'd be going with that pick. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, pick number 20. Uh, they... You know, obviously they're going to be tempted into a quarterback here. Um, you know, it's it's going to be very very difficult for them to uh, for them to resist that. But again, I'm going to buck the trend and I'm going with uh, offensive tackle Tyler Smith um, out of Tulsa, um, six foot four, three hundred and twenty four pounds. You know, this guy he's thick, he's violent, he's powerful, uh, he's an incredible anchor uh, at the tackle position and. You know, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they navigate this. I feel like they've got their bridge quarterback in Trubisky. Um, and, you know, Tyler Smith is a player who, you know, just too talented to pass up at this position, especially for a quarterback that, you know, I've probably got, you know, in, in, in Malik Willis, who's probably at play here at pick 20, I've got him as a second-round talent. Um, I just can't pass up a player as talented as Tyler Smith here. I'm going to go tackle. All right, let's move through now to pick number 21. It is my mighty New England Patriots. Going to be <laughs> terrifying uh, to see what Bill Belichick does here. Uh, look, for me, it has to be wide receiver. Um, because it has to be wide receiver, Bill Belichick on draft day is probably going to do things a little bit different, I'm sure. But um, look, I've got to stick I've got to stick with wide receiver. Um, it is a desperate need for the New England Patriots. Um, you know, despite them sort of, you know, doing a little bit of a trade with Miami the other day, um, and getting Devontae Parker, you know, it, it's it's still not enough. We, we are miles away from getting a, a QB, uh, sorry, a wide receiver one. Where are we going here? Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Um, you know, for me, you know, he, he's probably the best wide receiver on the board at this point in time. What I love about him is his size. He, you know, he's... You know, uh, you know, an incredibly physical, um, you know, presence that you know the New England Patriots have missed for a long period of time. You know, will Bel- Bill Belichick be a little bit scarred, scarred by Nikhil Harry? Very similar types of player. Um, I hope not. I feel like Traylon Burks. You know, second time lucky. Uh, let's go all in and see what we can come up with here. But Mac Jones, he needs help, and I'm just not seeing anything that I like in that receiving core at the moment. All right, moving through to pick number 22 and Green Bay are sitting here. And, you know, one of the things that um, I think is going to be a little bit challenging for Green Bay is they desperately need help at the wide receiver position, obviously with the unbelievable trade of Devontae Adams. But I guess the challenge for me is that, you know, a lot of the top prospects, they're going to be off the board um, come pick 22. Um, so, you know, for us, just to recap, we've got Jarrett Wilson off the board. We've got Jamison Williams off the board. We've got Drake London. We've got Chris Alave. We've got Traylon Burks. Um, look, for me, you know, that leaves George Pickens out of Georgia, wide receiver there for Green Bay. You know, certainly fills a gap there. Um, you know, probably a little bit more naturally gifted than, you know, anyone that they've got on their roster at the moment. But you just wonder whether Green Bay is going to be a little bit more aggressive on draft day and draft up for a wide receiver. Um, you know, given historically, they've never 
never look like doing this. It, it's hard to see them do it. But, um, yeah, George Pickens, um, yeah, they need receiver help. That's for sure. Okay, and let's move through now to pick number 23, the Arizona Cardinals. Really interesting. Look, I'm going defense here with Devontae White. Um, look, this is an easy pick. Six foot two, 304 pounds out of Georgia. Um, great first step, great power. Um, you know, has that a flexibility and movement that you're looking for in a defensive player? Very, very explosive. Going to be really interesting to see, you know, the Cardinals, you know, whether they're able to patch things up with Kyler Murray. You know, what does that situation look like? What's his input um, into the draft? You know, um, you know, we're hearing stories that, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitz, you know, he's come out in the media recently and said, look, they gave the keys to the kingdom to Kyler way too early. Um, does, ha- does he have a say, have an influence in the draft? I'm not too sure, but, um, you know, I'm sure if that was the case, he'd love an offensive player. But, yeah, a player as talented as Devontae on the defensive side of the ball, a no-brainer there for the Cardinals. All right, let's move through now to pick number 24, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, disappointing season last year for Dallas. They were really in a position to kind of, you know, win you know, they they sort of built their roster over, you know, a, a number of years. And, you know, they now find themselves in a position where a lot of their top players are aging outside of the quarterback position, obviously. They've lost a few players. So, you know, there's quite a few um, moves that the Dallas Cowboys could make. But, again, a player who really stands out to me, who I feel like could drop a little bit in this year's draft is, again, another um, Georgia defensive player in Jordan Davis. You know, six foot six, 341 pounds. Probably not the flashy player that uh, Jerry Jones is looking for in terms of selling tickets, but you know Dallas need to start getting a little bit more practical. Uh, they need to find you know players that can play in the trenches and play physical. There were too many times last year where you know they just weren't were unable to match it physically. You know with a lot of the the teams. Um, you know they've got a pretty easy division, but yeah they've really got to step things up this year, Dallas. So look, I'm I'm, I'm I'm drafting them, the big man in Jordan Davis, but um, yeah, don't be surprised if Jerry Jones tries to do something a little bit more cute. Okay, uh, let's quickly roll through the remainder of these. Pick number 25 is the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, watching them run the football was incredibly painful, so much so that Josh Allen just said, get out of my way and let me do it as the quarterback. We need to kind of like fix that up moving forward to make sure that he has a long career in the NFL. Um, they've signed, uh, you know, some. they've signed J.D. McKissick, which I think is a good signing there, but Brees Hall... Um, the running back at Iowa State, I, I feel like that's a no-brainer. Um, you know, I've got him graded as, as, the, as the top running back in this year's class. And Buffalo, they need to be able to run the football. Move through to uh, the Tennessee Titans and Zion Johnson is still there. He's a you know one of the top graded guards in this year's draft out of Boston. Um, you know you think about what the Titans are looking to do, and that's run the ball and run it a little bit more. So again, you know improving that offensive line, creating those corridors, some protection for Ryan Tannehill, and again run, run, run the ball through Derrick Henry. So Zion, he's an easy pick there for the Titans. Moving it through now to Tampa Bay, pick number 27. I've got Arnold Ebiquete, um, you know, a player from Penn State, defensive player who has screamed up the board. You know, a lot of you know a lot of people had him in the second round uh, at the start of the draft process, but just continues to impress. Um, again, you talk about Kyler Murray having a little bit of say in the draft world. You know, Tom Brady, he's going to have his hands all over this one. Um, and again, you know, there are a few holes there at Tampa. There are, there are quite a few areas they need to improve. Um, but again, bring that intensity on the defensive side of the ball, I think that balances out Tampa Bay. 
Uh, Green Bay, look, you know, if they do stay at pick number 22, they pick again at 28, they've got to double down at the wide receiver position. They cannot afford to have a bust at the wide receiver position with Aaron Rodgers. He's running out of years there in Green Bay. Um, so I think Sky Moore, um, yeah, out of, out of Western Michigan, look, he could even be picked at pick number 22. Him and George Pickens, very, very close. Uh, love Sky Moore. The, I love the way in which he plays. And, um, yeah, look, I, I would just be doubling down just to make sure that you definitely hit on a wide receiver there in Green Bay. Okay, pick number 29, uh, look, is, is Kansas City. Again, they've lost, uh, well, you know, they've lost an unbelievable player there in Tyreek Hill, but all the wide receivers are gone, all of the top quality players, and um, you have some outstanding you know, other players in other positions that grade very high, um, including one of the better um, cornerbacks in this year's draft in Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson, um, an unbelievable player, and he's just miles ahead of the wide receivers that you'd be picking at this position. You'd kind of be overdrafting. So for me, Kansas City to pick up a wide receiver later in the draft. But here, if you've got a corner out of Clemson that is so that is that talented, again, I, I repeat it, you know, you've just got to go for these high-quality players. Andrew Booth goes to Kansas City. Uh, they back up and they have the next uh, pick in draft number 30. Look, to be honest, they're in a position where they're able to stash players. Very few franchises are in this position. David Ajabo, um, he would have been a top 15 pick minimum, possibly top 10. Had he have not he taught, had he have not torn his Achilles during the draft process, um, yeah, obviously defensive linebacker out of Michigan. An incredible player will return. Um, they could even redshirt him this year, Kansas City, and get arguably you know one of this year's best players. Um, so for me, not not too many uh, franchises franchises are in that position, but I feel like Kansas City could do that. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they get one of the steals of the draft in Trevor Penning uh, falls all the way to pick number 31. There was just so many um, you know, positions of need ahead. But um, look, the Bengals, again, they have absolutely um, spent an absolute fortune to their credit to protect Joe Burrow. I think they triple down on that um, and get another highly talented tackle in this year's draft. Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa, don't be surprised if, he, um, if he's picked higher um, come draft night. And final pick, pick number 32, uh, the tr- Detroit Lions. This is a quarterback. Uh, it, it, traditionally, this is a quarterback pick. Um, you know, you're certainly in a position here to, to, to sneak someone in the first round. You then get a fifth-year contract option. This is why this pick is so valuable. Look, don't be surprised if Detroit Lions trade out of this position for a team that is um, quarterback needy because they can come in and get that fifth-year option. Um, so, yeah, look, I highly doubt... I'd be very, very surprised if the Detroit Lions were still in, in this um, in this spot. But, again, this mocks no trade, so they take the best available player on the defensive side of the ball, Jermaine Johnson the second out of Florida State. Um, look, they, they, they have absolutely loaded up in the defense in this first round of the draft. Aiden Hutchinson, Jermaine Johnson, that puts them in a very good position for many, many years moving forward. All right, team, let's move through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, look, I hope you guys enjoyed the the playbook, but let's let's move through now to our rapid fire question, and it was, um, you know, what was my my favourite uh, pick out of my mock draft, and just um, you know my final takeaways there. Look, my favourite pick. It's very difficult. Um, again, a lot of blood, sweat, tears. Uh, rinse, repeat, uh, you know, as, as I've tried to work on this over the last few weeks and months. 
look, my favorite pick, look, to be honest, I, it is very difficult. Look, I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton um, for the Seahawks. Again, I just love Kyle. I think he is, you know, he's, you know, he's my number one graded player. I think he's a fantastic safety. He could go down as the best player in this year's draft. But I, I really do feel like he's going to slide down the board. And if Seattle can pick him up, maybe they start to, you know, give a little bit of love to their fan base after the loss of Russell Wilson. I know it's not a franchise quarterback, but um, yeah, Cole Hamilton, my favorite pick in this year's draft. Uh, my final takeaways from this year's draft, you'll notice that I did not pick a quarterback in my mock draft. Very, very controversial. Hasn't happened. I doubt that it'll happen on draft night. Um, in fact, I'm hearing numbers, you know, possibly three quarterbacks, possibly even four. Um, I feel like that is overdrafting. I've got each and every one of this year's um, quarterback prospects graded uh, as second round best, possibly third. The only player that I could potentially... Um, understand a team taking a flyer on is Malik Willis uh, with pick number 32 just to get that fifth year contract but again I'd be burying him behind a veteran quarterback there in Jared Goff but um, yeah I, I, I just feel like there, there isn't um, there isn't the talent there this year and you're applying too much pressure um, if you're able to push these quarterbacks down you know draft them in the second third round then you know players like Matt Corral and others um, you know Kenny Pickett if they hit later on, that's fine. But, you know, to pick them in the first round um, and to take, you know, you know, you've got to understand that as a general manager, if you take a risk on a Kenny Pickett in the top 10 and he doesn't work out, you've just cost yourself your job. Um, your family's got to move. You've got to pull your kids out of school. So, look, if I was in that position, I wouldn't be picking a quarterback. Um, again, you know, this is a team sport. There are some amazing players in other positions in this year's draft. I'd be focusing in on that. All right, guys, well, look, that's all the time. We have a very special episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I love talking all things draft, and we'd love to see your mock draft. So we'll obviously post this one out onto our socials. Uh, make sure you send us yours. Really interested to hear your thoughts, um, and you talk to us about, you know, where your team needs to improve. And uh, But above else, um, yeah, sit back, relax, um, you know, grab a beer or two, um, and enjoy this year's NFL draft. It's going to be pretty special. And to our listeners, again, thank you for your support of the NFL show. We really do appreciate it. How can you continue to support our show? It's simple. All you've got to do is download our podcast. Don't just listen. Hit the download button. That that helps us to see you, uh, and that really helps to support and, uh, and keep the lights on here at Mojo Sports. And as always, until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.